to the second episode of the Agora podcast. I'm Nick Malkoutsis. I'm the editor of Macropolis, the news analysis website behind this podcast. As you've probably guessed from the names, we're based in Greece and cover political and economic developments in this part of the world. This podcast series aims to replicate the kind of insight our readers have been receiving over the last few years. Our shows will be based on informed discussion and will feature our own experts, but also guests who really know their stuff. Those of you who listened to our first show last week will have heard us discuss how Greece got to grips with the coronavirus, but still faces a big task in dealing with the economic fallout. One of the issues we touched on was the difficulty the Greek tourism sector will face this summer. This is normally the time of year when millions of visitors from all over the world prepare to jump on planes, trains, cars and ferries to take advantage of what this wonderful country has to offer. I'm sure that many of you listening at home now would like nothing more than to be lounging on a Greek beach or taking in one of the many sights. But it's clear that fewer people will be able to come to Greece this summer or will be willing to take the risk of traveling, given the global threat from COVID-19 has not yet disappeared. For those skipping their annual holiday, it will be a mere frustration. But for Greeks who rely on tourism for their livelihood, it could prove devastating. So, in this episode, we want to take a deeper look at what this summer might look like and what it could mean for businesses, employees and families across Greece. So, let's get the ball rolling. First up, we're going to hear a clip from Greek Tourism Minister Haris Theoharis, who's been doing the rounds with the international media to advertise the fact that after suppressing the coronavirus and limiting its public health impact, Greece is gearing up to welcome tourists. Here he is speaking to the BBC's coronavirus newscast and explaining why, despite all the uncertainty and concern about the pandemic, a holiday in Greece might just be the right medicine for everyone. I would say that the, the, the coming to Greece also will have a healing power, if you like, in the sense that we all need a break from this confinement, a break from, from uh, this, this worry, this constant worry that we've been through for many, many months, some of us. There are some people in the front line of fighting this disease, other people because they, they've gone through um, painful processes. Um, so, so I think we all need this kind of um, healing, healing uh, process uh, that vacation can, can bring. So that was the Greek tourism minister arguing that a holiday in Greece could be the perfect therapy after all the turmoil of the past few months. It's certainly a valiant effort to drum up interest, but what's the situation like on the ground at the moment? Our producer, Phoebe Fronista, has been visiting a few places in Athens this week that would normally be considered tourist hotspots. We asked her to give us a taste of what she saw and how this compared to recent years when Greece's tourism industry had been in overdrive. Hi, Nick. 
So yeah, this week I dropped by a couple of places that most tourists who will come to Greece will visit. The Arrivals Terminal at the Athens Airport and the Acropolis, which reopened on May 18th to great fanfare. Even the president of Greece, Katerina Sekilaropoulou, was there. And I gotta say, despite the extreme heat that day, remember we had that mini heat wave last week, it was pretty magical. I've never seen it so empty, so peaceful. It, it was just beautiful. Uh, I feel very lucky. There were only a handful of straight tourists, mostly foreigners living here, a lot of journalists, and the Acropolis employees, who I think will have a rough summer. They were wearing hats, sunglasses, face masks, and plastic face shields. Nick, I was just wearing a cloth mask, and I felt like I was suffocating. But those are the rules now. For tourists, it's optional, but for the employees and all tour guides, face masks will be mandatory. Also, you can't just wander wherever you like up on the hill anymore. You have to follow a specific cyclical path around the site, starting from the Propylia, the gate, where they've set up a long plexiglass barrier along the passageway so that those who are leaving aren't brushing up against those who are entering. And they've even put in markers on the ground to indicate how close you should stand because you have to keep 1.5 meters away from other people. So we'll see how that goes and how enforceable social distancing at the Acropolis and all the other archaeological sites will prove to be. And then I went to the airport. It too was pretty empty, definitely not as magical as the Parthenon. It was the first day that Lufthansa had restarted their flights from Frankfurt, and everyone who landed, immediately they were given a free coronavirus test uh, and hotel stay, courtesy of the Greek government. And the next day, when the test results came out, if they were negative, they're all supposed to go and self-quarantine for 14 days, wherever their destination is. Athens, Zakynthos, wherever. It's a 5,000 euro penalty if you get caught breaking quarantine, but it, it, it does invite the question, what's the point if in a couple of weeks there will be no virus tests nor self-quarantine regulations for the incoming arrivals? So in a way, it's a kind of a roll of the die to see who will arrive, how many of them, and what will happen when they do. That was our producer, Phoebe Fronista, filling us in on what she saw and heard while out in Athens, a city that would normally be brimming with visitors at this time of year. So let's start putting the pieces together and find out more from an industry expert. We'll look at what efforts are being made to prepare the ground for the arrival of tourists in the coming weeks and what challenges people working in the sector expect to face as they try to salvage what they can from what's going to be a disappointing year at best. And joining us now on the Agora podcast is Eleftheria Panziu. Eleftheria is a journalist with uh, Greek Travel Pages, which is uh, a site covering all the latest developments in the Greek tourism industry. They're experts on the subject. So thank you very much, Eleftheria, for joining us. It's my pleasure, Nick. Okay, Eleftheria, let's start. First of all, Greece is in the third stage at of relaxing its lockdown at the moment. What exactly does that mean? How important is it for the tourism industry? 
Well, that's correct. Uh, Greece has entered uh, the third stage of easing, easing uh, COVID-19 restrictions, which means that travel is currently allowed on the mainland and to the island of Crete. Uh, we expect restrictions on travel to the Greek islands to be lifted on uh, May 25. Uh, also, archaeological sites have reopened and museums uh, will resume operation on uh, June 15. Uh, the country's restaurants uh, and bars are scheduled to reopen on May 25 as well. So we see the tourism industry slowly coming to life, let's say. However, the country will be ready to host visitors as of June 1st, when year-round uh, hotels reopen. Seasonal hotels will follow a few weeks later, as we expect them to reopen by early July the latest. Well, I should mention here that the hospitality industry is among the sectors of the Greek economy that have suffered major losses due to the pandemic. Uh, while the, the, the restart of hotels uh, requires the implementation of specific health protocols and strict hygiene rules. Right. Uh, and, and of course, that's something that uh, we'll uh, get into. And you mentioned there, for instance, archaeological sites opening and... Um, the, the 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 government made a, a big deal this week of the Acropolis, of course, the the, the symbol that uh, people around the world uh, associate with Greece uh, reopening, and that being a sign that Greece is gearing up to uh, welcome tourists again uh, this summer. But um, there are concerns within uh, the industry, and you mentioned there some of the health protocols that will have to be followed by hotels and uh, restaurants and so on. Uh, can you give us a little bit of an idea what people within the tourism industry are saying and what um, they're worried about over the next few months? Well, uh, attention is currently on Greece. Uh, uh, the country, uh, I must say, has managed to maintain relatively low numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths. Therefore, international tour operators consider Greece a safe destination for this uh, summer season. This week, government spokesperson Stelios Petsas uh, said that uh, this summer season will not be like last year's. This year, he said, tourism will start from scratch. First of all, we expect the Greek government to announce its decisions on inbound travel, as well as the restrictions and requirements for admission into the country. This is very important. Meanwhile, uh, travel restrictions still apply in some of Greece's source markets, uh, such as Germany, the UK, France, Italy, Spain, the US. So we have to wait and see what happens there. Another issue is air travel. Air connectivity is key. There are some major European and Middle East carriers that have resumed services and plan to include Greece in their summer schedules such as KLM, Air France, Eurowings and Qatar Airways. However, we need more airlines flying to Greece. And we should not forget that uh, charter flights are also essential for the Greek islands. Then uh, there is also the issue of foreign tour operators. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, foreign tour operators have expressed their intention to include Greece in their travel packages for the summer. But we don't know whether they will be able to ensure the flow of tourists uh, to Greece this year. So we shall wait for, uh, for, uh, for the answer. Then um, we have the hospitality industry. Uh, as I said, year-round hotels will resume operation on uh, June 1st, 
with seasonal uh, hotels expected to follow. But things are uh, rather complicated here. A number of uh, Greek properties are considering the option of remaining closed this year as COVID-19 travel restrictions are currently in place and bookings are still low. So in order to reopen, hotels will be required to apply specific health protocols and strict hygiene, hygiene measures in order to ensure the safety of their guests and, st and staff. So hotel owners will have to consider their regular operational costs, as well as the additional cost of applying these protocols and uh, rules. And the summer season will be much shorter uh, compared to previous years. Uh, we expect uh, the summer season to start in early July and uh, probably end by, by the end of September. This is also expected to affect hotel revenues this year. So we understand why some owners, especially of small and middle-sized enterprises, appear reluctant to reopen their properties. However, there are some seasonal hotels and hotel chains, especially on the Greek islands, that have announced uh, their decision to reopen. And uh, among them is Greek Hotel. Uh, Greek Hotel is one of Greece's major hospitality chains. So, so what you're describing there is that uh, what we might see from Greece's side, from the hospitality industries you mentioned, is some of the, the, the bigger chains who are able to, let's say, absorb the cost of adapting to the COVID-19 reality, reopening and obviously not working at uh, full capacity, but for some of the smaller hoteliers, uh, because of the added cost of adapting, you know, to the health protocols and the fact that it's a reduced season and within that reduced season, they're going to be operating at well below full capacity. It may be not, it might not be worth their uh, effort and their time and their investment to, to reopen because they'll simply end up losing more money than they make. Yes, uh, that's, uh, that's exactly the case. Uh, we are still waiting for other uh, hotel chains, uh, uh, major uh, hospitality groups to announce their decisions, so their intention to open or not open their properties this summer. Uh, but um, the problem also concerns, uh, mainly maybe concerns, uh, but the problem mainly concerns uh, small and middle-sized uh, enterprises that cannot, as you said, absorb the cost. Okay, that, that, that makes sense. And Eleftheria, one last uh, question. Um, you gave us a very good uh, view there of um, some of the concerns and challenges that the uh, tourism industry will uh, face for obvious reasons, because uh, tourism is so important to the Greek economy that the Greek government is making a lot of effort to show to the outside world that uh, Greece uh, has uh, coped well with the public health challenge of the coronavirus and is now reopening gradually and ready to welcome people again. Um, what are the expectations from from the the Greek government? What are they hoping to achieve at least this summer? Well, uh, first of all, Greece has kept the number of COVID-19 cases low, and this is very positive for uh, Greece and its tourism industry. Uh, Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis and Tourism Minister Harry Harris have repeatedly said that Greece is a safe destination, 
and uh, they aim for the tourism industry to restart in July and be able to fully operate during August, which is uh, the strongest month of the summer season for Greece. They see the domestic market recovering first, then road tourism and arrivals from uh, nearby foreign markets, uh, from the Balkans, uh, from the Balkans may- mainly. And lastly, uh, they see arrivals from uh, long-haul destinations uh, uh, restarting. We have also seen Greece undertaking a number of initiatives, uh, a number of initiatives to restore travel and support its uh, tourism industry. The tourism minister is currently in talks with his counterparts from Cyprus and Israel, discussing the possibility of uh, setting up a safe tourism zone, as uh, the, the tourism ministry has called it. This will be based on the fact that all three nations have kept the number of COVID-19 infections low. Uh, Furthermore, the ministers of foreign affairs of 11 EU member states, including Greece, uh, this week agreed on a set of principles to ensure the freedom of uh, safe travel within the EU. Uh, Among them are also Bulgaria, uh, Cyprus, Spain, Croatia, Germany, Italy, Malta, Portugal, Austria and Slovenia. The aim is to achieve the gradual normalization of cross-border traveling while avoiding the increase of infections. Uh, I should also mention that uh, Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis uh, has discussed the possibility of uh, mutually lifting travel restrictions with Bulgaria, Romania and Serbia. The government has also prepared a special marketing campaign, uh, Nick, aimed at highlighting Greece's effective handling of uh, the health crisis. The campaign is expected to be released in the coming coming weeks. Finally, we also expect uh, the Greek government to announce measures for the support of domestic tourism enterprises. And this also concerns uh, hotels, as we discussed earlier, by protecting jobs, reducing taxation and ensuring liquidity. Okay, so the the picture we have there is that uh, certainly there is an effort to bring in tourists from countries around Greece, from where they can drive into uh, uh, particularly the northern part of Greece, but also perhaps uh, other parts as well, to uh, bring in tourists from uh, shorter haul uh, flights as airlines get up and running, and then yes. perhaps from the longer haul flights. And... All that added together hopefully rescues something from uh, the tourism season, although everyone accepts that, and as you mentioned earlier, the quote from the government spokesman, it's not going to be like uh, last summer. Uh, It's going to be completely different. The numbers will be much lower, but hopefully something will be uh, rescued from the tourism season. Okay, Eleftheria, thank you very much for that insight into uh, what we can expect over the coming months. There are a number of figures going around in terms of uh, expectations about uh, tourist arrivals. I guess we only really know once the summer season is over, because as with so many aspects of this uh, pandemic, there is uh, great uncertainty. There are a lot of unanswered questions. And we'll only find out in uh, practice what will happen. Well, Nick, the, the real issue that uh, uh, bookings are still very low and there is always a possibility of cancellations. And we have to uh, wait and see what uh, the international tour operators will uh, uh, will announce uh, in the near future. 
so we will have a clear picture of uh, what's going to happen this summer. And of course, as you said, uh, in the end of the season, uh, we have the clear picture. Thanks a lot, Eleftheria. Thank you, Nick. That was Eleftheria Panziou from Greek Travel Pages. Obviously, there's plenty to discuss as we try to get a handle on how the Greek tourism sector might be impacted this year and what that will mean for hundreds of thousands of people who live off it. After a short break, two experts from Micropolis will join me to take a closer look at some of the key issues. We'll be back very soon. You're listening to the Agora Podcast by Macropolis. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the time being. We'll soon be available in more places. In the meantime, please do subscribe, rate us, and send us your comments. You can also visit our website, www.macropolis.gr, for more information about our work. That's Macropolis with a C. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the second half of the Agora podcast. We're discussing tourism and in particular what Greece can expect this year. Uh, Its tourism sector has been doing a roaring trade in the previous years, but obviously this summer is going to be very different and we're going to look at uh, what that could mean, uh, especially given the importance of tourism to the Greek economy. Joining me for this uh, section of the show are Macropolis co-founder Yanis Mozakis. Hi, Yanis. Hello, Nick. And also joining us for her debut appearance on the Agora podcast, our business reporter, Amira Gill. Hi, Amira. Hi, Nick. And for those of you who've been uh, following over uh, Amira over the lockdown, you'll have learned how to uh, make dresses and also how to uh, breed insects, butterflies. What is it, Omaira? <laughs> Tell me more. It's, uh, it's very, you know, David Attenborough levels of um, science experiments going on over here. Like so many people, we, we were doing a lot of gardening during the lockdown and we found a couple of caterpillars and decided to keep them in a little jar. And now we're running through the life cycle. So, so I don't know if, if it's just that caterpillars are genuinely interesting creatures or we just became incredibly bored during the lockdown <laughs> maybe a bit of both but uh, have, they, have they grown into butterflies yet or what's the where are we you know what's the latest update Ah, uh, the latest update you know we're on the final stretch watching three chrysalises i don't know if that's the correct plural uh waiting to see if they're going to turn into butterflies okay, and spread their spread their wings and uh, fly off and fly off yes Speaking of spreading wings and sort of flying off, obviously uh, the Greek tourism sector is not likely to experience uh, that that kind of uh, joy this summer. Nevertheless, the government is really pushing hard uh, via the measures it's adopting and also um, through the message it's sending in the international media and everywhere else it can that uh, Greece will be open uh, for welcoming tourists. And we had the latest update um, from the Prime Minister and the Tourism Minister on this uh, project dubbed uh, Restart Tourism, which uh, included a roadmap for reopening the hospitality sector and international air connections. And where we are is that 
year-round hotels and campsites will open on June the 1st, followed by summer season hotels on June the 15th. And also Athens International Airport on the same day, June the 15th, will start accepting flights from countries with uh, what is termed good epidemiological criteria, basically countries which, like Greece, had uh, low uh, instances of uh, COVID-19. Regional airports, and obviously island airports, will open on July the uh, 1st. So that's kind of the, 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 the timeline for what's going to happen in the weeks ahead. Guys, obviously, the, the, the government here is taking a calculated uh, gamble to uh, reopen, to welcome people from other countries into Greece. Uh, and I say gamble in the sense that obviously Greece has coped well with uh, the coronavirus, but bringing people in from outside, there is some kind of risk associated with uh, you know the, the, the virus uh, being brought into the country and then spreading. What, what's your take on it? Um, obviously, there will be people on either side of the, the divide here. Some people saying it's too much of a risk to take. Others saying, no, we need to do this because tourism is uh, so vital to the Greek economy. And also we're doing it in a, as controlled a way as possible. What do you think, Yanis? It's a calculated risk and it's a major uh, risk reward exercise because behind it has a major economic case. And that case is that uh, tourism is a huge portion of, uh, of Greek GDP. The Greece received last year more than 34 million visitors. The receipts from the industry exceeded 18 billion, 18.2 roughly. It's a, it's a huge part of the, of the labor force. If you look at the latest last year's data, more than 400,000 people are employed in the hospitality and the catering industries, which is around 11% of the labor force in the third quarter of the year. And also, if you, com- if you compare that with the first quarter of the year, that uh, it's about 320 people employed in, the, in, the, in, the, in those two industries, you see an increase of seasonal jobs of about 100,000 over the period. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, a critical part of a sector of the economy that it, it cannot be left uh, without being given some special attention. Uh, it's, it's, it's what oft, is often referred to in Greek as the country's heavy industry, where, where other countries ha- yeah, have car manufacturing or electrical goods or whatever it may be. In, in Greece, tourism is uh, the one that sort of props up the economy. Yeah, it's, if you like. it's massive. If you look at balance of payments data, uh, it's uh, half of the services receipts and it's about a quarter of all the receipts, including uh, exports of goods and services. So it, it is a, a, a critical uh, sector and also a sector that's been hit probably one of the first uh, when the whole thing started unfolding uh, at the beginning of March. We saw the data that came out today for March from Bank of Greece for balance of payment. Uh, the drop in uh, Revenues was seventy-one percent and nearly fifty percent drop in, uh, in in tourist arrivals. Just, just just to clarify that in March we saw tourist arrivals drop by about fifty percent and the takings uh, drop by around seventy percent. That, that's right. 
and that and we didn't lose all of March to uh, COVID. Uh, essentially, the lockdown came sort of uh, fairly early, but sort of between early and mid March, right? That's right. But we closed schools around tenth, and uh, mm. it, you know you, you could start seeing the the impact, especially in Athens and the city hotels from around the second week of March. So, Amario, what's your take? Obviously, Yanis set out there the, the magnitude of um, the Greek the Greek uh, tourism sector in terms of the, the economy, how important it is. Uh, what's your view on this calculated uh, risk that uh, the Greek authorities are taking? Well, as Yanis pointed out, you know, there's really um, substantial numbers in terms of what tourism means to the Greece economy. Some studies have said that indirectly and directly tourism can account for up to 25% of GDP in Greece, which is a, a really huge number. So um, there is one argument to say it's necessary to in some way reopen the tourism season and salvage what can be salvaged of um, the second and the third quarter, which is when most of the revenues are generated. But at the same time, um, it has to be in a, a very specific way so as not to undo all the work that Greece has managed to do so far against the fight against coronavirus. But, you know, when you're talking about uh, an industry as large as this, this, this uh, beyond Athens, which has other kinds of industries going on here in big cities, there's small seaside towns all around Greece, which rely on these two quarters of the year, and, and some of them even just in the third quarter, the sun, high summer season, to make their income for the entire year. Um, and places like that are very badly hit by shutting down the tourism season completely. We 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 would uh, you were mentioning to us earlier that you'd you'd, you'd spoken to people. Was it on on Crete that are uh, yes. very concerned about what a lack of tourists could mean for uh, their towns and villages? Um, I have acquaintances in Crete who live in one of these small towns that are heavily reliant on tourism and. We were chatting and I was saying, well, even if the season isn't as good this year, it'll pick up next year. This is what the indicators are showing in, in kind of the under the mile scenario. And they said to me, well, if it doesn't, if there is no season this year, there won't be a season next year because people can't survive. They, they can't survive a bad season this year. The economy in those areas depends almost exclusively on tourism. Have guys, have we got an indication of what we can expect uh, this summer? Obviously, no one can really know. We're, we're living in a really uncertain period, and there are a number of factors here uh, which are completely out of uh, the, the Greek government's control, out of the control of Greek hoteliers, restaurant owners, and so it has to do with uh, if airlines will be flying, if people will be choosing to fly, if people will be choosing to drive into Greece, especially from their countries to uh, sort of northern uh, neighbours. But have you guys uh, got a feel or are there any estimates out there in terms of um, what we can expect? Obviously, March, Yanis mentioned, we saw numbers drop by 50%. Is that something that we might expect to see over the summer, for instance? Well, we will definitely see it in April and May because it would probably get aggravated because we didn't have any uh, air connections as well. But I think although different locations will have uh, different characteristics in terms of uh, how reliant they are on, on the airports, can people uh, drive there? Are there any other connections? 
Can they rely on domestic tourism because they are close to Athens, for instance? There's an increased uh, reference on uh, the potential potential of domestic uh, tourism softening the the blow a little bit. But, for, but if, you know, speaking with people, they'd be happy if they got in the third quarter 30% of the business that they had last year. And that would be very ambitious. So 30%, so if around a third of the people that came last year come this year, that might be a good result. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Omaira, you know, from the people you've been speaking to, what sense do you get? Uh, uh, you know, if, if you if you read the, the Greek media and see what... Um, uh, industry uh, insiders are saying you, all kinds of figures get uh, bandied about and you know from 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 uh, percent no one can uh, really be sure but uh, from your discussions no. are you getting a sense of what people would settle for this year um, as you said the, it's, it's really hard for even people to gauge what they'd be happy with because there's just so much in this scenario that's not in the control of Greece or not really in, under the control of anyone who's, who's looking at this situation. I think um, speaking to people who, who do rely very heavily on tourism for their incomes, if they can, whatever they can salvage, they would be happy with. Because if, like I mentioned, these areas, some of these people live in areas which are in, almost entirely dependent on tourism and they shut down the rest of the year. They just leave a couple of local services like mini markets open, but everything else runs on tourism. So I think... Um, they are very keen to get some kind of income from the summer high season, whatever that might be. But of course, it's going to look for, uh, like a very different season compared to other years. We, for sure, we'll not be getting the kind of record-breaking numbers we've had in past years. Much fewer tourists and po quite possibly more Europe-centered, which is not so much a, of a problem because if you look at the Bank of Greece numbers, a lot of the tourism revenue, is uh, the majority of it is um, from European countries in the first place. As for local tourism, um, there's hopes for that, but I'm not sure, seeing as people's disposable incomes will have dropped, I'm not sure how much um, room to manoeuvre Greeks yeah. will have well, to well, do Well, we were sort of very briefly discussing this in the last podcast with Yanis, and domestic tourism is around 10% of uh, you know the, the total numbers in, in Greece, so it's, it's a very small portion. Obviously, uh, in a bad year, you'll, you'll take anything you can get, as you uh, mentioned, uh, but there is there a question mark as well of whether Greeks who have been furloughed, who have perhaps lost their jobs, who are be perhaps uncertain about uh, their futures, uh, whether they will be, you know, uh, travelling within the country this summer and uh, spending their money. But on on that, I think you know a point worth making here is that a lot of the stories at the moment out there are about will. Greece reopened for to welcome tourists. How will uh, tourists? Uh, what kind of experience will they get when they come to Greece? Will they be able to, you know, relax on the sea uh, next to the sea and uh, have mm -hmm. their um, cocktails with their sun, sun lounger be pinned down? Will it be surrounded by plexiglass or whatever it may be? Which is understandable. And it's all fine. And obviously, people looking from the outside in towards Greece. Uh, that's the kind of thing they're interested. Will I be able to go? Or if someone I know goes, what kind? How will it be safe? Uh, but for me here, the you know the, the the bigger story is that 
it's it's huge industry for the country. So many hundreds of thousands of people are reliant on it. And you know, if 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 we were talking about say uh, the, the the German car industry, often an example used in the discussions to do with Europe. Uh, we wouldn't necessarily be approaching it from the angle of will I be able to order my new BMW in uh, September? Um, so I, I think this is really the the, the story uh, beneath the, the the headlines that uh, we'll have to follow in in the coming uh, months. You know, if if we're talking about thirty percent, as Yanis mentioned, or or fifty percent, as uh, you know, we had the figures in. Uh, March, it's going to be a massive, massive hit for a lot of big businesses, a lot of small businesses, and a huge number of uh, families that are reliant on uh, tourism in uh, Greece. Another factor to consider is not just um, the direct businesses which deal directly with tourism, cafes, bars, places like that, hotels. If you're talking about 30 million visitors to a country, that's essentially tripling Greece's population every year, you know, with um, ebbs and flows. So there's also other industries such as um, beverages, food production. Their production and their jobs are going to be affected as well because there's no way that Greeks can consume the products which are being produced intended for a tourism season that's expecting even 20 million people. So those industries are going to be impacted yeah, as well. It's, it's a very good point and the whole interconnectedness of, of it. Um, it. It's something that we're going to have to uh, follow and obviously ho- hope for the best on all fronts, both the public health front and the economic front. But the if we're being realistic in terms of arrivals, uh, travel receipts uh, and so on, it's going to be a very, very difficult uh, summer. And I think it's worth... Uh, flagging that up and, uh, you know, adding that dimension to what's out there at the moment in terms of uh, what the holiday experience uh, will be like. Um, One of the things that has come up in the discussion uh, within Greece as a result of, you know, these concerns about what will happen this summer is whether this provides an opportunity or uh, a nudge uh, for Greece to rethink, restructure its tourism industries. Do you guys have thoughts on that? Obviously, this discussion that's come up at various times, oh, we need to focus more on luxury tourism, or we need to focus more on health tourism, or all kinds of thematic uh, tourism. Is this now, you know, this this crisis situation, is it now going to lead to a rethinking and perhaps a remodeling of the Greek uh, tourism industry? Uh, I think, I think so. Uh, I think this is uh, something that badly needs to be done. But as you said, Greece has been talking for possibly decades now about how it needs to spread its tourism season across the whole year, how it needs to diversify its tourism product. Because when you have an economy relying so heavily on tourism, but not just relying so heavily on tourism, relying on sun, sea and sand tourism, that raises the risk even further against adverse events like what we're witnessing now. Um, so Greece needs to really think about how can we diversify away from this very narrow definition of what a tourism season looks like, when it is and what it is, and into finally 
moving ahead with this idea of the year-round tourism, tourism to other destinations at, across Greece, yeah. uh, winter tourism, autumn tourism. People are amazed when you tell them that Greece has ski resorts, for example. They don't believe you when you first tell them this, but that's something that's underexploited. Yeah, and uh, you know, as Yanis will sort of t- testify, the, this uh, this discussion about uh, expanding the tourism season, which is very very concentrated on the June to August uh, period, has been around f- for a long time, but never really seems to have uh, taken root. Yeah, well, uh, at the same time, though, you have to consider that you have to play to your strength, and it's it's very often that countries find themselves in the position that they do have to promote the strongest points. And it so happened for us is the scenery and the good weather in the summer. And this is why you have more than half of the receipts and the visitors happening from July to September. So, yes, definitely the the, the industry is, is looking into extending the season. To some extent, this is happening. You see increased traffic in October, sometimes even in November. Uh, however, we have to consider that no sector in the industry was left uh, unaffected by this pandemic. So even if we had uh, attempt to diversify, uh, the the heat is going to come, you know, across the board. For instance, look at how the the cruising industry is suffering. Uh, cruises in Greece bring about 2.5 million people uh, every year. And, uh, and that's certainly out of the of the picture this season. Yeah. Well, let me take this sort of argument a step further. And one of the other things that you know has come up again in the public discussion here in Greece, perhaps not so much, but nevertheless is there, is whether this year's shock means that we, uh, as a country, Greece should think about moving away from a tourism-driven economic model. Yanis, do you think that's something that is viable, that something that is, you know, there is a, this is a good moment to start thinking about that and perhaps doing something about it? Well, it's not just this is a good moment now. We have been saying throughout the, the, the debt crisis as well, and partly part of the reforms of the program were destined to diversify a little bit the economy, uh, encourage entrepreneurship, create more high-value jobs uh, in the the economy, become part of the value chains. This this is not a conversation that we should have just now. Uh, And I don't think that the, the two are mutually exclusive. We are gifted with a beautiful country and a beautiful weather, which... uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with trying to make as much as economic, you know, revenues out of it. But at the same time, the diversification of the economy into more high-value uh, aspects, it's, uh, it's definitely a discussion that we, sh- we have been having and we should carry on having. And maybe we should stop having a discussion but start doing something about it. 
Omara, you've uh, you look at all these reports about uh, how uh, Greece could uh, adapt certain sectors of the economy. You know a lot lately about the sort of the digital sector, and uh, the government obviously has that on its radar. Is uh, this crisis perhaps an opportunity to start thinking about things apart from tourism that could help uh, Greece uh, uh, push its economy forward? I think it's definitely a wake-up call because even though these discussions have been happening across the, the last few years and even throughout the worst of the economic crisis, people were still visiting Greece as a tourism destination. So I don't think that um, the authorities kind of had this fire lit under them the way they've had now to say, okay, we really need to do something about this and really need to look at how, what else we can do with, with um, the positives we have as a country. I think tourism probably most likely will remain the bread and butter of Greece's economy and Greece as a product, but there's a lot more that can be developed. As you mentioned, um, sort of cyber, cyber products that can be developed. And also renewable energy is a big market, which quite a few people are saying is something Greece is uh, blessed in, in a unique way, this thermal energy, this solar energy, hydro energy, that's a very rare combination to find in one yeah, place. So that finally needs to be, I think, looked at and exploited. I think it is most definitely a sharp and um, rather harsh wake-up call that the economy for too long has developed on tourism too heavily. And it's time to look beyond that because um, Greece can't afford this kind of cycle in the future again. It's a good point to conclude this discussion on because... Greece went through a terrible economic crisis in the previous decade. And apart from the first few years of the debt crisis, tourism was really the rock bed of the Greek economy, whereas so many sectors were really, really struggling. Tourism was actually flourishing. But here this year, because we're talking about a different type of crisis, Greece can't rely on tourism to get it out of a hole. And perhaps that will be the trigger to start people um, to start making people think about uh, alternatives and developing other sectors of the economy. Uh, Omira mentioned uh, renewable energy, and that that's one of the issues that certainly in upcoming podcasts we will uh, look at and we will explore this theme further. Guys, uh, I'd just like to thank you for joining me on today's uh, podcast. Omira, great debut! Thank you very much. Thank you, Nick. We look forward to welcoming you back and finding out how uh, the uh, caterpillars are evolving and whether you know you, you can teach us about other uh, insects and uh, wonderful things. I'll keep you posted. Okay. Yanis, thanks uh, for uh, joining me for this show. Thank you, guys. And just a reminder to everyone that's uh, listening that uh, the podcast is available on... Uh, various uh, platforms on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. And of course, we our regular home is on Acast, but you can also visit our site at www.macropolis.gr to uh, listen to the podcast and also to read the articles that appear on our blog section, the Agora, which is completely open to the public. Uh, We'll leave it there for now. We'll be back very soon with another episode. We hope you enjoyed this one. Please do subscribe and rate us and give us your feedback. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.